It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the two-point stance. Powered by FantasyPoints.com, I'm your host, Brian Drake, at Drake Fantasy on Twitter slash X. I'll, I'll kowtow down there since they're throttling down all my tweets and links. I'll, I'll call them X, I guess. Uh, joined, as always, by the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com, my dear friend, Mr. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, what's up, man? How are things going? Your Phillies are advancing in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fills, the fills were keeping me up here. My wife got mad at me because I was drinking on a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> the fills are in the playoffs. What am I supposed to do? You know, like, like, come on, you know, the, no, they're advancing. They're going to play the Braves. They knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Um, and, uh, I'm going to hope, and they're going to do the same thing this year. They got to, they win one in Atlanta and get it back to citizens bank park. The Braves are going to be pissing their pants, but, uh, no, I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, they advanced, so I didn't have to watch them play on Thursday night because I wanted to watch football game, obviously. They mm-hmm. play on Monday, but it's at 6 p.m., so I should be able to watch the football game. They don't play on Sunday, which is great. So uh, not only did they wow. advance, but their schedule is lining up well uh, for me to actually be able to pay attention to my job, which is really good. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Speaking of that Thursday game, and here on the two-point stance, when you listen to us every uh, you know end of the week, Friday-ish or so, when you're getting around to the two-pointer, uh, you know we go game by game and talk about all the fantasy-relevant nuggets. Uh, but we want to talk about the Thursday night game, which sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. What a weird game. Not only weird because the Bears won their first game in almost a calendar year, but there's a lot of things to unpack here, Joe. Number one. How Ron Rivera still has a job just mystifies me because he's had three winning seasons in 13 years and hasn't had one since 2017. But then Justin Fields comes out, looks amazing. If you listen to anything this morning about the Bears, there's not a more delusional fan base in America. I listen to ESPN. I listen to Hanson's show with Kaplan in the morning. There's guys calling in. Legit call, Joe. Guy called in to Hanson and Kaplan today. Goes, if the Bears trade for Justin Fields, are they Super Bowl contenders? Kaplan fell out of the chair. And guys were calling in ESPN radio talking about, the Bears are back. Dude, you won one game in a year. Okay, congratulations. No. Justin Fields looked good. I still think they should get rid of Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams, but whatever. We'll, we'll get into all that. What oh, of course. Of I mean, look, night? look. First and foremost, um, yes, Justin Fields played a good game. He played a pretty good game against Denver. And I'll give him a lot of credit, first and foremost, for not collapsing. Because what I saw last Sunday, when he was walking off the field after the the Bears blew a three-score lead to the Broncos, and he had had the fumble six and the game-ending interception, I saw his face, and I'm like, "This, this kid's broken. He is utterly and completely broken. Like, he he literally just had his first 300-yard passing game in the NFL – and it wasn't enough, and the Bears still lost. I thought it was right for utter, utter disaster. And then he comes out on national television and plays another good game. I mean, that that at least shows something about the, the individual. I'm not I'm not all of a sudden about to say Justin Fields is going to win NFL MVP because he played a good Thursday night game against the commander. You say Ron Rivera, I say Jack Del Rio. Both of them. They're both terrible. They, neither of them should be in the league right now. Ron Rivera, great guy. 
Amazing story. Terrible head coach. Terrible head coach. I mean, his teams are you know, I don't th- mediocre I don't, at best. I don't think terrible head coach is the right term because I think he's the right guy, or at least was the right guy for this team to bring some respectability and some some honor to a locker room for a team that was owned by Daniel Snyder. But he's now it's 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 not a worth a debate because he's not gonna have a job past this year. Um the other quarterback is I'm also interested in Sam Howell. He does a lot of things I like. I really but like he got sacked five times by a team that's basically been averaging one sack a game over the last year and a half. And look, and, and there is where you say, oh, sacks are a quarterback stat. I mean, that that's that box right there. Like Sam yeah. Howell, sacks, sacks are a Sam Howell stat. I mean, he's on pace to be sacked over 100 times this year. So, but yeah, he, he gets sacked way too much. Um, but th- hey, that is what it is. It was an interesting game. If you started Sam Howell, I, I made a tweet early in the week. I was like, man, if, if the choice is Sam Howell against the Bears or Joe Burrow uh, this week, a hobbled Joe Burrow, he could say all he wants. He's still hobbled. With no T. Mm-hmm. Higgins, I said it was easy for me. It was Sam Howell, and Sam Howell put 31 points up. up. So at the very least, he got it done. Um, Khalil Herbert got hurt. Brian, did you see the stat but, uh, from the commanders? Uh, which one? What about they, the 55 consecutive dropbacks? Drop back to pass 55 consecutive times, which is the most in like PFF's history without a design. I cannot believe Andy Reid didn't do that with Donovan McNabb at some point. But. I have that right. Yes. Uh, Nathan Yonke, my friend, tweeted that out 55 straight pass attempts without a designed run uh, from 849 in the second quarter until the end of the game. It's the most for a team uh since pff started dating uh charting it back in 2006 that is incredible that so, that yeah. has to be an nfl record because like if i'm straight uh, like i mean i guess maybe andy in the donovan years like when you knew like as as good as those eagles teams were everybody was like why don't we have a 290 pound running back you know like but um yeah I mean, so Stump mitchell just a really weird game um credit to the bears Matt Eberflus, uh, and I actually think Luke Getzey's done a nice job here the last couple of weeks with Justin Fields. You know, get play action, roll the move the pocket a little bit. DJ Moore's DJ Moore. By the way, he's been wide ass open all year. It's just now Justin Fields is actually hitting him. <laughs> so um, DJ Moore's a really good receiver, and I think people saw that on. If you were watching the uh, the Nerdcast, the Amazon Nerdcast, mm-hmm. uh, where you could see the all twenty two. The, that opening drive where he had the long catch down the sideline and also um, and also he had the long catch down the sideline and also the touchdown. I mean, you could see like the seas just parting. The commanders just couldn't cover him. They blew coverage. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And if you started DJ Moore, congratulations. I mean, you probably got 40, 50 points or something like that, depending on, on your scoring. He's awesome. And we'll get to his former team who has now come out this week and said, we're trying to trade for a number one receiver. Well, why didn't you just draft Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud? And they could be throwing the ball <laughs> to DJ Moore. Yeah. And now you're going to spend more assets to get a number one receiver. Who's going to give you a number one receiver. They don't just grow on trees. Don't yeah. Uh, well, anyway, well, we got it. We got it. We got a preview to get to, don't we? We do, and there's a, a game in London. Again, the I'm going to call them the London Jaguars. They're there two two weeks in a row with the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills are considered the home team for this game, I I guess. Okay, uh, 9.30 a.m. start out in uh, 
is that Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? I don't know anything Correct. about soccer. Yes, Tottenham Hotspur. Yes. Seems seems like a cool stadium to me. Bills are five and a half point favorites coming off that whitewashing of the Miami Dolphins last week. So there's a few things that I want to see in this game. Number one, and I stole a bunch of stuff from uh, two different places in fantasy points. Number one, the everything report from Scott Barrett. If you are not on fantasypoints.com and you're not reading Scott's work here, you're behind the eight ball in your fantasy league. Then I took some stuff from Tom Brawley and his game hubs and our boy, Zach Tribby. I'm trying to show you guys out there when you're listening to this podcast, the great, great content that's available at fantasypoints.com. So here's, here's a great nugget on James Cook, Joe. He did score on a goal line carry. He had three of them uh, in the game, three goal line carries. Awesome. But the usage is concerning. Just 41% of the snaps last week, which is down from 59%, and he's losing a ton of two-minute and passing down work to Latavius Murray. I ask you, Mr. Dolan, is James Cook maybe a sell in fantasy right now? Here's the thing, though, dude. Like, if you got a reliable RB2, what are you selling for? Now, all right, I have a team that has like A-Chan, Kyron Williams, James Cook, Tony Pollard, and DeAndre Swift on it, okay? Ooh. You know, you'll be like, oh, Joel, right? dude, that's a, <laughs> that's a zero RB team. Seriously, with the except that's, that's more of a hero RB team. Yeah, I draft Pollard, Pollard. sure. Um, but like, but like, look, that's very possible on that team. Yeah, I'm not really in the business of selling reliable running backs in a good offense. But yes, his, his touchdown usage is a problem. He did, of course, get one this week when I had mm -hmm. the over the rushing yards prop, and he actually salvaged his day with a with a touchdown. Now, nah, man, I like the way he's played. I like the way this Bills offense is going. Why can't James Cook be their version of Tony Pollard last year? Last year's Tony Pollard. It That's could be. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that he he can keep things going. But it is concerning. If you're in a super deep league, by the way, pick Latavius Murray up. <laughs> Why not? Uh, here's a great, great nugget from Fantasy Points Data. Scotty Barrett had this in his Everything Report. Christian Kirk, okay, in nine games uh, versus man coverage, okay, he's averaging 10.9 targets per game. That's around wide receiver three. That's nearly 20 fantasy points per game, okay? All other games, he's averaged, uh, and that's 13 games, six targets a game, he's wide receiver 42. What does that mean? If a team plays predominantly man coverage, start Christian Kirk. He is a man coverage machine, and I think that's going to play dividends this week against the Buffalo Bills. That's a great nugget from Scott. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Christian Kirk's been outproducing Calvin Ridley, uh, but ca could this be a very good Calvin Ridley game? Because obviously no Tredavious White here. Drake uh, out for the season. Mm -hmm. um, he was a guy they would use to shadow number one outside wide receivers. Um, just that, but that that's a huge loss for the Bills. And another reason why I might like James Cook more is uh, if Tre'Davious White's going to be out, that's going to hurt their ability to stop opposing teams from scoring. And James Cook is going to be a recipient of checkdowns. I, I just like this Bills offense a lot. I think this is a fascinating game. Do you think at all, last point on this game, Dalton Kincaid is starting to get a little more involved in the offense. Again, only four for 27 last week. Uh, but, you know, they've got to get him a little more involved. He's playing that Cole Beasley role that we talked about before the season started, kind of this underneath slot guy. Uh, I think that's I think that's possible. Um, uh, what, do you, what's your, what, what do you think there? Well, I think tight end's a wasteland. And if Dalton Kincaid was dropped in your yep. league, he's definitely a guy that I want to pick up and I want to monitor. I saw in the league this week I was in, uh, Tyler Higby got dropped. 
So I picked him up. If you can get eight, nine points out of a tight end and let's say a half PPR again, you know, you're baking a cake and celebrating with your family. So keep an eye on Dalton Kincaid because as this season goes on, he is a rookie. Remember, uh, yeah. you know, things could turn around uh, for him. Let's go on to Houston and Atlanta. Uh, really a tale of two teams here who one loves to throw the ball left and right and the other can't throw it at all. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud, just incredible, incredible what he's done so far. But here's another great nugget from our boy, Jake Tribby. He's a FSWA football writer of the year. So we got a ton of great staff over here. I can't stress it enough. The Falcons have allowed the league's third highest slot target rate, 36%, mm. and the ninth most receiving yards per game to opposing slot players while running man coverage at the 10th highest rate. You know what that equals, folks? A Bobby Trees week. You're playing a little DFS. Maybe you're desperate. we got four teams on by. I think maybe you'd pick up Robert Woods and put him in a lineup. I've done more desperate things than picking up Robert Woods and putting him in a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think that's an, that's more of a DFS nugget to me than, mm -hmm. than a redraft one. But, uh, no, I think that's really I think that's really fascinating. Uh, good stuff uh, from, from Jake there. Um, the question here is, do the Falcons are a team that selectively shadows A.J. Terrell. Do they view Nico Collins as somebody who they're going to shadow, or mm. do they view Tank Dell as also a threat on the perimeter? I think that's the big question here. Yeah, I had Nico Collins on my bench in like my biggest league. Thank God I still won. Uh, I started Javante Williams over him. Oh, Javante's playing the Bears. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm a moron. What am I doing? Uh, Damian Pierce. I got so many questions this week from folks saying, should I bench Damian Pierce? Should I trade Damian Pierce? Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Damian Pierce is a guy behind yeah. a bad line who's, who's not going to catch a ton of passes. And this team is now falling in love with throwing the forward pass. On the contrary, poopy pants. Um, the Texans offensive line is eligible to get Juice Scruggs and Titus Howard off of IR this week. So C.J. Stroud, you can argue, has navigated maybe part of the toughest part of the season for the Texans. Laramie Tunsil's getting healthier. So there is there is an opportunity here for Damian Pierce. I, I think there's a buy low opportunity on him, Drake, to be completely honest with you. All right. All right. How about on the other side with the Falcons? Can we do anything with Pitts in London? I mean, we, there's no stats we have to go into. I mean, it's kind of a joke at this point. I've looked around leagues because I always like trying to buy low on people who are on folks' bench. Drake London's on a lot of folks' bench right now. Uh, They're going to go to football. Heineke soon. It, yeah. it, the, one of two things is going to happen. Either Desmond Ritter it, it pulls a Justin Fields and actually starts getting his receivers the football, or they're going to hospital ball Heineke. And, like, I, I know we make fun of him calling him HB Heineke and all that. I'm still trying to make that a thing. But the reason we call him HB Heineke is because he throws it to covered receivers. And they actually want uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, just like last year, and it is worse than last year. And I'll give you credit for hyping this up all offseason, Drake. Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Kyle Pitts has the lowest number of catchable targets per fantasy points data. Drake London has the third lowest percentage of catchable targets per fantasy points data. So this is not a tenable offense right now. They will go to Heineke. He's already getting the questions about it. So, yes, I do think – I can't believe I'm saying this. I know I'm literally holding on to Kyle Pitts hoping they go to hospital ball Heineke. Uh, and no, I think I've they will go to Heineke. I've sent some low ball offers out there. I mean, we talked about it last week on the show where there was like 26 players in the NFL who had nine targets. Kyle Pitts was one of them. And they all scored more points than him. 
if they get yeah. a mediocre at best quarterback, I mean, he's going to really start producing at, at a top 12 level. Let's keep rolling here. Carolina at Detroit. Boy, usually you'd look at this game and you'd be like, oh boy, I want nothing to do with this game. But there's a lot of interesting points here that I really want to dive into. Number one, in fantasy football, which is the business we're in, we wish cast so much stuff. And so many of us thought, hey, Jameer Gibbs, he's going to be Elvin Kamara. But he's got the same role as Swift last year. This offense and this staff, they're not changing who they are or what they do. They literally got rid of one guy and replaced him with Gibbs. Montgomery is that James, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Jamal Williams. He's getting all that goal line work. Gibbs will literally never get any of that. Uh, so that's one thing. Number two, we got to watch out for here. See this Amon Ross St. Brown abdomen injury. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of worrying me. He uh, says he's going to play. He says he's going to play. And I feel like he's kind of developed the last couple of years, Drake into a player who doesn't really need to practice. I feel like he's mm -hmm. good at what he does and they know what he does. Um, but that, that is a concern. Um, I think Jared Goff's going to have time to throw in this game, though. And if Amon Ross St. Brown is out or limited, they might have to ramp up Jamison Williams a little bit quicker than they were planning to. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a shot or two to Jamison Williams in this game. I don't know if I'm starting him for fantasy. Um, there are situations where, like, my wife has is in a spot where, like, she actually has Amon Ross St. Brown, and, like, her flex right now is Kenny Gainwell because, you know, bye weeks and all that stuff. And I'm like, sure. that might be a spot where you just, like, put Jamison Williams in your lineup and hope he catches a 40-yard pass. Like, but I, I think that's going to be really interesting here because uh, per uh, Fantasy Points data, the Panthers' pass rush has the lowest quarterback pressure rate over expectation this year in the NFL. When they get there... They're getting there really quick, but they're getting there on the lowest percentage of dropbacks of any team in the NFL. And I think Jared Goff's going to have time to throw the ball in this game. If Chuba Hubbard's on your waiver wire, I've had some folks ask me this, hey, who's a good stash? Chuba Hubbard, 14 carries last week, also caught a pair of balls. He played on 54% of the snaps. Miles Sanders nursing a groin injury, uh, you know, not the picture of health. So if Miles Sanders ever would go down, Chuba Hubbard uh, takes this role, becomes a three-down starter, uh, you know, for this team, and they they will check the ball down. We've seen the work in the past game that Miles Sanders has yeah. this year. Uh, anywhere else in this game, uh, you know, Stan Laporta, start him if you got him. I don't yeah, think there's you got a question. Stan Laporta's anymore. a start, right? Like uh, he, he's a tight end who's catching like four passes a game. What else do you need to see from him? That's all you need. You know, sometimes people they kind of over overthink the situation. How about in, ten, uh, in Indianapolis, where the Tennessee Titans come to town? Tennessee, two-and-a-half-point favorite here, and we can't bury the lead. Jonathan Taylor's returning, Joe. So what I love about the Colts is they love feeding their RB1. Every week, their top running back ranks in the top seven in snaps. The issue, you're playing the Titans, who allow just 12.27 fantasy points per week to running backs. 56.8 yards per game if you got jt are you putting him in your lineup this week yes me too i got the same call yes what if maybe you got not zach moss <laughs> uh i'd probably bench moss i mean but it, again it's all it's all dependent on what you have like if there was a team where moss was clearly one of my two best running backs i probably am not sitting him but no i think i i think i would sit let, let's rank them separately. Yes, I would sit Moss for JT. I would play JT over Moss, yes. What a weird situation. You know, he goes from, I want a new contract. I'm never going to play for you guys. Oh, I'm hurt, too. 
Nope, that's all behind me. Talk about it in the offseason. Ankle's fine. Let's rock and roll. You know, do you think the the agent got in his ear or he just smartened up or, or, or he's, maybe he saw the success that Zach Moss was having and there was no trademark? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I feel like he probably just realized there was no trade market and he didn't want to lose money and he wanted to come out and be a good, a good soldier. Maybe he saw the locker room gelling around Anthony Richardson and just being like, look, I, 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 I want to be a part of this and, and we'll revisit in the off season. Um, mm-hmm. here's another uh, thing I like, and this is not going to be breaking any news. Uh, I know Joe Burrow struggled in this matchup last week, but I think this is a matchup for Michael Pittman to get back on track. He had just five targets last week. Um, one catch, he caught a two-point conversion. But uh, of the Titans, three primary corners, uh, Christian Fulton, uh, Sean Murphy Bunning, and Roger McCreary, uh, their left corner, their right corner, and their slot corner. Pittman moves all around, by the way. Um, all of them have given up at least 150 yards receiving and a touchdown in their primary coverage. So no matter where the Colts line up, Michael Pittman, this is a spot for Michael Pittman to get back on track. Uh, I'd be starting him confidently as a wide receiver, too. And if you want more nuggets like that from Joe, his mismatch report every week at fantasypoints.com. Get over there, sign up, use code GURIFIC25. Is that still active to save 25%? It is indeed. And uh, by the way, our prices are already discounted 25% because we're a quarter of the way through the season. So just uh, just fair. So you get an extra 25% off on top of that. Breaking news into the show, the Chicago Bears are trading wide receiver Chase Claypool to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that just came across. It, it won't be breaking news by the time you listen to this podcast, but who knows? Maybe you're stuck at work all day and uh, you're going to hear it. So it's a, it's a 2025 sixth rounder uh, from Miami for Claypool and a 25 seventh rounder. So uh, what do you think there? I mean, that's a real narrow passing tree in Miami. I mean, it's it's depth. Yeah, it, it's one of those things for Miami where like they have like who? Ezun Kanma and Braxton Berrios, you know, like. Chase Claypool can run, and Miami likes guys who run. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be like, I think Chase Claypool stinks. I've thought Chase Claypool stunk. That's why I thought the Bears trade for Chase Claypool last year was an abject disaster, which it turned out to be. I'm not going to think that. I mean, this is essentially giving a guy away for as free as you possibly can give. It's a it's a sixth and seventh round pick swap two years down the road. Okay, that's about as free <laughs> as it gets. Um, and I mean the. Bears just this solidifies one of the worst trades in the last decade. That's all it does. Uh, and yeah. not a really a huge, uh, no, not not a needle mover for me. I wouldn't be shocked if Claypool makes a play or two, but for him to become fantasy relevant, no, I don't think so. All right, last thing on this Colts Titans game. I'm in a super super deep league, and I got some injuries and bye weeks to contend with. Nick Westbrook Akine is a guy. Oh, God, crazy deep league. It's 77% uh, route share last week. He ran a, uh, a route on 77% of the Titans dropbacks, 23% target share. So if Traylon Burks is out again, you never know. I mean, gee, you're, we're digging deep here, folks. Digging real deep. Uh, uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Welcome to the Kings Classic 14 team with, with three flex. Saints at the Patriots. This could set offensive football back 100 years. So in this game, we're looking at can Derek Carr just can he be a little healthier? He was terrible last week. I wrote he, that not, he, he, he did not need to be that. He, he, he shouldn't he have been on the field, but he was on the field. And what he was doing was dumping the ball off to Elvin Kamara. 
Elvin Kamara had uh, what was it? 13 receptions for 33 yards. What the hell is that, Joe? It is the uh, it was an NFL record, is what it was, Drake. Um, not only was it the NFL record from fewest yards in a game with 13 or more catches, it was the record for fewest yards in a game with 10 or more catches. Um, so it was a, a check down masterpiece. And if you have Alvin Kamara in a PPR league, you're like, thank you very much. Um, the good news is here is the Patriots are dinged up defensively for Derek Carr. Um, Christian Gonzalez is out for the season. Matthew Judon might be out for the season. They had to trade for J.C. Jackson, which was a terrible signing by um, the Chargers. 92.1% of Derek Carr's passing yards last week came after the catch. That is the highest rate in any full game so far for any quarterback. He was just 2 of 10 on throws of 10 or more air yards. His 26.5% completion percentage over expectation on such throws was fifth worst in any game so far this season. Every stat tells you Derek Carr should not have been out there last week. The hope is he's healthier this week, and I expect he'll be a little bit healthier this week. Yeah, he absolutely killed Chris Olave last week, although Olave did have a ball in the end zone. Uh, 153 air yards last week uh unrealized for mr alave you know somebody i threw a trade offer out in and i didn't see this on my bingo card for 2023 i offered up a trade for michael thomas because i was desperate for some wide receiver help if you need 10 points in a ppr league or so michael thomas is going to get you that this year he's and very if you need 15 points he will not get it for you. no <laughs> That's not, not at it. all yeah like one of those guys but by week bench dash, just please, God, don't get me a zero like Darnell Mooney did last night. No, Michael Thomas could be your guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Patriots team? I mean, my God, I saw uh, analysts over the week talking about this is a 1990s offense. They look like a high school team out there. It's too simplistic. Number They have no speed, and it's just Ramondre running into a brick wall. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. You know, I just traded for Ramondre in our Fantasy Points Superflex Dynasty League. Um, I'm tanking, though. Like, I traded Aaron Jones for Ramondre. I'm like, all right, I'm going to trade an older player who's more effective now for a younger player who's not very effective. I'm, I'm in complete tank mode, Drake. Um, I have three first-round picks this coming year. And if Ramondre starts to pick it up, either I have an asset to help my team next year or I can flip him for a pick. Um, so that, that's what I did. I'll buy low on Ramondre, but I'm not like feeling like great about it, but I do think at some point he'll be an RB too. It's just that they have no speed and you need speed in the NFL in, in 2023. It, it's, you don't need dolphin speed, but you need some and they don't have it. I mean, I cannot believe they, they signed Juju to the same contract. They signed that the Raiders signed J Jacoby Myers to, but I mean, that's just, Bill has never been able to evaluate wide receivers. It's, it's his no. absolute blind spot. Stevenson averaging just 2.7 yards per carry in a league worst 1.68 yards after contact per attempt. Hashtag yikes. All right. The Giants fresh off that abomination on Monday night traveled down to South Beach where they are 12 and a half point dogs to Miami. Oof. Hey, I got a, another uh, Jake Tribby bomb right here. This was fantastic. The Giants blitz and play man coverage, uh, excuse me, run man coverage at a top three rate, okay? Tyreek Hill, top four in yards per route run against a blitz at 4.2 and against man coverage. So he's saying right here, this is a monster spot for Tyreek Hill. If you got him, obviously, in season long, you're playing him. DFS-wise, we're giving you some nuggets here. This is a huge spot maybe for Tyreek Hill. 
you know, everybody else, A-Chain, Moster, you don't need us to tell you, start these guys. For the Giants, though, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, two young guys uh, drafted, you know, a year apart, starting to kind of maybe turn the corner here. Uh, and we're going to get them some increased workloads, deep PPR. Maybe you can use Wandell Hyatt. I see more of his stash. This Giants offensive line, the decimated Joe, 10 sacks last yeah. week. The Evan play Neal's, is Miami defense. Evan Neal's picking fights with the fans. Uh, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, John Michael Schmitz, all out of practice this week. Uh, I think uh, Michael Schmitz uh, got uh, got injured on the tush push. Um, so not every team can run it successfully. Um, the Dolphins, per our offensive line, defensive line tool at Fantasy Points Data, are the only team to have a top five matchup in both the pass game and the run game in the trenches this week. The Dolphins are going to be able to do whatever they want. Um, Wink Martindale, the, the, the Giants defensive coordinator. I don't know if you saw his quote. Uh, I, I got a chuckle out of it, a little bit of fatalistic humor. Um, somebody asked him, you know, like, how are you sleeping, uh, preparing for the Miami, uh, offense? And he said, well, I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm getting about two hours of sleep, waking up, crying and going to the bathroom. And then I go back and try to fall asleep again. <laughs> uh, that's what he said. Um, and I, and believe me, uh, I, I think he, he probably meant that with a lot of sincerity because I don't see how the Giants stop this team. I don't see how the Giants move the ball against this team with that offensive line. Saquon Barkley, I I would just love to see that guy healthy and in another uniform at some point. But this is this is look, it's a 12 and a half point line. That's a lot in the NFL. We see underdogs of 12 and a half points win outright. Um, I ain't stepping in front of Miami this week, though. Remember everybody in training camp, every beat reporter that Darren Waller's uncoverable. Nobody can stop Darren Waller. Well, he's going against the Giants defense, but I dug this stat up on fantasy points data. So the Giants have a minus 76 net score output this year, meaning teams against them have scored 76 more points. Darren Waller has run a route on less than 70% of the Giants dropbacks. Does that shock you that he it's like 69.7, but I mean, what are we doing with this guy? I don't know what the I don't know what the what the tape says because I haven't studied the Giants offense in depth in that regard. But what that tells me, typically when a tight end's only running a route on 70% of dropbacks, even if it's a receiving first tight end, is they're either using that tight end or another tight end to stay in and block because the offensive line's invest in, in shambles. That's what that says to me. What do you do with Daniel Jones if you're in fantasy right now and he's he's a quarterback in your team? Um I hope he runs around, but I, I don't feel good about playing him. No, I'm not playing him this week. No, I, I dropped. There's got to be somebody better on the waiver wire. Uh, yeah, than Jones. I mean, I, 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 I picked up and started Sam Howell in a number of leagues. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Ravens travel to Heinz Field. I'll never call it our Kitcher Stadium. I don't know what it is. Tom Brawley is a Steelers fan. He can't for sure, but they yeah. call it Heinz. Yeah, it's, it's still Heinz Field. Uh, the Ravens four point favorites here on the road. These are rivalry games. We're going to see the Ravens getting healthy. Kenny Pickett's banged up. He's going to try to play though. So the buzz around the fantasy universe is this UDFA Keaton Mitchell for the Ravens. He's coming off IR Joe. Now here's a kid who has never taken a snap in the league, yeah. but he's got major juice and Lord knows this offense needs it. Justice Hill toe injury. Gus Edwards is Gus Edwards. I added him in several leagues, but I tell yeah, people, I, by the way, breaks. he's a UDFA 
who has never taken an NFL snap and is coming off an injury. And yeah. he's rostered in like 30% of Yahoo leagues. That's how desperate people are for running backs. You know, I picked him up. But at the end of the day, what do the Ravens like to do? They love using multiple running backs. I think even if Keaton Mitchell hits, what is he good for a week? I don't know, 35% of the uh, of the, the carries, maybe. Are they, are, do they dump the ball off to the running backs in Baltimore much? So I, I have very tempered expectations for him. I'll be honest. If you're looking to trade out there, there might not be a better time to trade Keaton Mitchell than today. It's always yeah. that, you know, that unknown of like, you can trade him. Somebody. Hey, listen, I don't know. You want to trade? We talked about Michael Thomas. You give me Michael Thomas for him. I don't know. Give me a, give me a backup tight end on your team. Uh, he, let, let's, let's flip over to Pittsburgh side here. Kenny Pickett practiced in full on Thursday, and it looks like he's going to play, whether it's with a knee brace or what. What I, I do not understand it. I do not understand it. Why would he play in this game? They are they're on bye next week against the Ravens defense. The offense has already been broken. Uh, I do not get this. Um, Mike Tomlin does not fire coordinators, but if this is a disaster, I mean, here's your spot to fire a coordinator midseason, right? This yeah, there's spot. no reason for him to play. You also you're down Deontay still, you're gonna be without Fryermuth. You got Pickens, Calvin Austin, and the corpse of Allen Robinson running around out there. Uh, I do like what I'm seeing from Jalen Warren. I mean, he looks fantastic, you know, getting some dump offs. I think he's seeing up to six targets a week in some of these games. I uh, think uh, I think Najee Harris looks pretty good, too. It's just it's just people aren't noticing it because this offense is so bad. And and that like Ross Tucker asked me on on Wednesday, he's like, "Is Najee Harris their goal line back?" And I said, "I'll let you know if they ever get to the goal line, Ross." Um, <laughs> that was my that was my response to that. Did you see? And I'm sure you did because you own the company. Did you see the tweet that Fantasy Points put out at Fantasy PTS? This was tremendous work. I don't know if it was if it was Trey Camberling, our, our social media guy, or who it was. The Matt Canada <laughs> yes, burner that was account Trey. tweet. I so, mean. Look, we've this seen it. Great. I'm a six, I'm a Sixers fan. We saw it with Brian Colangelo. It can happen. If you haven't seen it, folks, follow, make sure you're following at Fantasy PTS, our company account. But they found this at Danny Football 77, a quote unquote guy named Dan Robbins, and his avatar is just a little Steelers hat. And everywhere he goes, he's just defending Matt Canada. And then somebody went, and this is a brilliant move, and did like the reverse. Uh, login thing where it, you know it, it sends you a notification of like okay we're gonna send your uh we sent an email to your email address to fix your password or whatever it was and it was like m blank 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 at s.com which who knows what the, his email is with the Steelers but either way it's funny it could be a total work someone did but I can tell funny. you I can tell you my um email with the Eagles was joseph.dolan at eagles.nfl.com that was my that was my Eagles email address when I worked there. <laughs> Don't send an email there because it doesn't work anymore. Um, but that was my so it does kind of line up. So uh -huh. um, I would what not be dope. stunned. Look, it happens. It happens. Uh, we saw it with the Colangelos in in Philadelphia. Oh, that's the best. That is the best. I gotta. I haven't even looked at that's an active account anymore. Uh, one last thing on this game. Lamar looks great. Uh, yes, the game here is going to be can Pittsburgh pressure him? Awesome stat from the grinder Tom Brawley in his Game Hub article. Lamar averaging 7.1 yards per attempt with a 73.3 passer rating on 42 dropbacks when pressured. 
The Steelers are pressuring quarterbacks at the second highest rate in the NFL, but they're allowing the third highest YPA and the fourth highest passer rating when they fail to generate pressure. So if Watt and the boys can get after him, it'll be a good day. I mean, it's very simplistic to say that, but uh, Lamar looking great uh, back to his MVP form. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm glad if you got him in your mid rounds. How about the Bengals and this offense going to the Cardinals? I'm going to say this right now, Joe. We think we know everything in the NFL. We watch something one week and we make definitive statements. And then it goes 180 degrees the other way. I'm calling it right now. Joe Burrow throws for 303 this week in Arizona just because that's the NFL. Um, And no T. Higgins, perhaps, who hasn't practiced these last two weeks. Why Joe not? Burrow said it. It was the best. Um, it was the best he's felt uh, coming out of a game. So, uh, look, Jamar Chase is going to have a blow up game at some point, and it could be this week. But uh, I mean, how do you feel good about the Bengals, though? How do you feel good about them? It's if it happens, it happens, Drake. But uh, I mean, I I very happily bench Joe Burrow for Sam Howell, and I'm not regretting that move. Yeah, I mean. Brandon Ayuk went nuts last week against this Cardinal secondary for almost 150 yards. So Jamar Chase, who is always bleeping open, uh, can have a a monster game. Tyler Boyd, in theory, should see more work, but he's a slot guy. You know, I I don't necessarily think they're going to move him outside to play in these two wide sets. They're just going to play. What's the kid's name? Who's going to, I think he's one of the white kids. They got playing wide receiver out there, but either way. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've written articles this week where I said, just trade all the bangles. This is just kind of broken yeah. this year. And, um, and I don't know what you're getting right now though. That's the problem. So it's just, you might just have to sit on it and just hope, hope you're okay. You buy in this Michael Wilson talk for the Arizona Cardinals productions yeah. going up now four straight games. Uh, I drafted him in a couple of deep leagues and I've had him on my bench. Uh, you know, he's looking good. Is he going to score two touchdowns every week? No, but you know, Josh Dobbs is propping this offense up. No, I'm absolutely no. I, I I'm absolutely buying it. I bought it in the off season, and I bought it when I thought Colt McCoy was going to be his quarterback because he has size and he can run, and that size and that ability to separate on the perimeter is something none of these other receivers can do. So yeah, I look. I think you could start him as a wide receiver three this week it, it, with a couple of teams on by. I know plenty of people who are starting him, and he should be rostered in just about every league right now. Yeah, that's my buddy Drew Davenport. We had him on the two-point stance earlier talking about auctions. I was on a waiver wire podcast for his show. He goes, what are you giving – or how much fab are you spending on Michael Wilson this week? I go, zero, because he's already on my roster. Could have listened yeah. to me all offseason. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, like that's that that's absolutely right. You're 100% right to do that. I mean, I think it's a great uh, – It's a it was a great buy in the offseason. He was an auto – uh, 18, he was an auto 18th round pick for me on underdog. And yeah, it looks, it looks like there were obviously better picks I could have made there like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, who I did draft Kyron a number of times, but, uh, no, Michael Wilson was an auto 18th round pick for me. And I'm not regretting that. You mentioned Puka and Kyron Williams. They're at home this week against our beloved Philadelphia Eagles. The birds who still really haven't looked great on offense all season are a four and a half point favorite. Cooper Cup looks to return this week, and boy, oh boy, I think he could eat against this Eagles team that has all sorts of problems covering the slot. They just signed Bradley Roby off the street. Who knows if he even plays in this game? Uh, If I got Cooper Cup and there's questions, oh, can I play Cooper Cup? Absolutely, I'm starting Cooper Cup this week. There's not even a question in my mind. 
you have to play him. I mean, he he was a guy who the last time he was healthy won the Triple Crown. So I think you have to play him. The Eagles had problems covering in the back end. The concern here is the concern it always is for the Rams. Matthew Stafford's dinged up. Can they protect him against this Eagles front, which, by the way, will not have Fletcher Cox this week. Uh, but that's just taking one defensive tackle out of their already lethal rotation. Um, I think the Eagles... It, the story is going to be told at the line of scrimmage as it is in every Eagles game. If they can get after Matthew Stafford, you know, they got after Sam Howe last week. Howe made some plays with his legs. It's, Stafford's not going to make as many plays with his legs. So that's the big question we have here. Um, the, the question, of course, also is Nakua, who was playing Cooper Cup's Z, Z spot. He was the Z receiver. Obviously, Sean McVay is going to get both of them on the field. He's not going to bench Puka Nakua. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Puka Nakua is used in this game. Yeah, I, I'm still starting Puka Nakua. Like I said, start oh, for sure. Cooper Cup. Start all those guys. I think this could be just a shootout of shootouts of the weekend here. And I, I think in DFS, you're going to get a lot of a lot of mm -hmm. ownership coming from this game. I want to see something from Dallas Goddard because I start him in multiple leagues. But I mean, geez, Louise, he's doing nothing out there. Uh, you know, two for 25. Uh, you know, he's got 19 targets on the whole season. Like, do you think this has something to do with the new OC and they're just trying to feature things on the outside? I'm sure it and has something to do field with well? I think I'm sure it has something to do with that. I mean, like, look, the, you, you have two coordinators on both sides of the ball. Hertz had some offseason ankle surgery. He came off that shoulder injury. They're 4-0 and they haven't played a good game yet. Like, that, that's a sign of a good team and they're finding their way through it. And eventually they're going to lose a game. Maybe it's this week in LA against a tough opponent. I think Goddard's going to be fine though. What do you, like, you can't sit him. Like, who are you sitting them for? Hayden Hurst? You know, like, it, it's one of those things where you just have to suck it up. I think they'll get Goddard involved at some point. Let me ask you this question. We have uh, someone in our chat here, Brian from Syracuse, asks, Hey, Joe, <laughs> who would you start in a half-point PPR, Tyler Higby or Dallas Goddard? <laughs> Probably Goddard this week because Cup's back. Yeah. I mean, Higby, yeah. five-plus receptions in back-to-back -back games. Higby's a good player. I mean, he should be, I mean, he should at least be rostered. I was surprised when I saw him get dropped. Jets Broncos. Here we go. The Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Wow. This game should have so much juice. If you remember in the offseason, Sean Payton went off and he was talking about how Nathaniel Hackett did such a terrible job coaching the Broncos and working with Russell Wilson. So this should be fun. I got a feeling this could get chippy. And uh, it, it could just be a blast to watch Broncos two and a half point home favorites over the Jets, who I got a feeling the Jets and everybody wanted to make a big thing about the you know, the Jets. Oh, they look great. And, you know, Zach Wilson played one good game of football. You know, God bless America. Do the Jets have the same letdown that the commanders just had where they lost a heartbreaking game? They felt they should have won, you know, and, and now they go on the road here to Denver and they just totally get whitewashed, even though Denver sucks. I think Zach Wilson's a good DFS play this week, and I'm a little surprised how few people are actually playing him. And by the way, you can look at both angles, uh, and I, I completely agree with your angle. Um, and a Zach Wilson stack with Alan Lazard, I think, is is defensible. Damari Mathis is Pro Football Focus's lowest-graded cornerback uh, on the season. We have the numbers on them at fantasypoints.com, and they are disastrous. 
Um, Damari Mathis has allowed 259 receiving yards, which is second most to uh, Emmanuel Forbes. He's allowed three touchdowns, tied for second most. He's allowed 0.47 PPR fantasy points per coverage snap, which is fifth most. And he's allowed the, a league-high 155.3 passer rating, which is nearly perfect when targeted this year. And he is PFF's lowest-graded corner on the year, and I think Patrick Sertan's going to follow Garrett Wilson in this game. Hmm. Alan Lazard is a good wide receiver play this week. I like it. I like it. How about Brees Hall? We had Salah come out this week, say the handcuffs are off. No more quote unquote pitch count, which drives me crazy in football. Brees Hall hasn't had over 13 touches in a game. Remember week one when he's just exploding, he's running down the field for 70 yards, looking great. You know, Michael Carter's still a factor. Delvin Cook stinks. He's dust. But Brees Hall, do you think this is finally what they're going to start getting him going and they realize they need to feed him to take a little pressure off of this offense? I think this is a big Brees all week. Let's go. Let's go. How about on the other side? Javante Williams was beat up. Everyone goes out and they pick up uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NCAA. And then Javante Williams practices yesterday. What are you kidding me? He might actually play in this week. Everybody spent all his fab on McLaughlin, who looks miles ahead of, of Samaj Pirine. Uh, what do you do in this situation if you got one of these Broncos backs? Drink. I feel like McLaughlin has the juice. And I think I'm I'm he's my favorite play of the group this week, only because I feel like he's got juice. Javante's dinged up and Pirine doesn't have explosion they're gonna put p ryan in in situations where they need to protect but i think mclaughlin's got the opportunity to maybe be a the darren sproles uh for for this backfield i'm not trying to say he's gonna explode like darren sproles but i think sean payton loves players like this who have a different level a different gear than his other running backs i'm worried about my guy marvin mims you know we thought he was going to have this new role with the broncos and he crapped the bed uh, you know, it's tough to throw deep on these Jets, allowing only 10.1 yards per reception to uh, wide receivers. You know, last week they really shut down MVS, which basically everyone shuts down MVS. Uh, so I, I might have to start him in a league. That's why I was trying to trade for guys like Michael Thomas. So buyer or beware out there if you have to start Marvin Mims. But KC heading to Minnesota. I got a feeling if you're making DFS lineups, this is going to be another game with a ton of ownership. Kansas City, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. And with the Chiefs, hey, we know what it is. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. You can't start any of these wide receivers. There's a lot of buzz this week. People are getting more excited about Rishi Rice. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm dropping Sky Moore, Tony, Ross. I mean, you can't. You don't even need to roster these guys anymore. Um, yeah, Right. Well, that's the thing. You said this is going to have a lot of DFS ownership, is it? Who are you playing I from think the Chiefs? So. I think people I mean, I because guess of the shootout maybe Rasheed, Yeah, Rasheed Rice, like Sky Moore's had a goose egg in the catch department in two games. Like, which of these chief receivers do you feel good about playing? Well, I think what you get is maybe you get Kelsey in there. You get, you know, people, if they want to go Mahomes, you do a bring back with, I don't know if you could afford to bring uh, Justin Jefferson back, but maybe, you know, Osborne's still playing well ahead of, of uh, Jordan Addison. You get Hawkinson in there. So... I think there's some there's some opportunity here. What about this running back situation in Kansas City? I saw this week they interviewed uh, Jerick McKinnon in front of his locker, and they were like, are they just waiting until the playoffs to unleash you? He's like, man, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but Pacheco's looking really good out there. You know, he's 
career high in rushing a week ago. He caught the ball for 43 yards. Looked really good against the Jets. Kind of, I mean, he looks like an every week RB2. He absolutely is an every week RB2. He's he's running with power and he's getting targets in the passing game. And for a chief running back to come through, you need targets in the passing game. That's why that's why uh, Jarek McKinnon was a number one running back down the stretch last week, last year, because he was catching the ball. Um, and Pacheco's now catching the ball. So he is an every he's a guy I don't even want like questions about. Like mm-hmm. he's really he's in a good offense. I don't think the Chiefs have played great offense this year but he's in a good offense and he's getting the ball every week and in the passing game now he's he's absolutely an rb2 madison had his season low snap share a week ago with cam Akers active but over the last two weeks madison has run for damn near 200 yards what do you think about this vikings backfield here if you gotta buy one of these guys who you putting the chip on for the rest of the season it's madison i mean okay 37 for 188 in the last two games he responded to a disappointing start. The thing he's got to do is he's got to clean up the mistakes because the mistakes are why they were they they traded for other players. Uh, that's why they traded for Cam Makers because he's fumbling the ball and he's dropping the ball. But no, he is the he's the one I'm I'm betting on. It's Madison. What a game we've got on Sunday night! This is going to be fun. The Dallas Cowboys head to the San Francisco 49ers. Niners three and a half point favorites, and I mean. Start them if you got them. This is just going to be awesome. Uh, if you enjoy football and you're an Eagles fan, you can root against uh, you know both teams. But Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, you know McCaffrey, everybody, just start everybody. I don't know. I, I know there's two really good defenses here, but guys are going to get theirs. There's one I want to uh, highlight here before we move on to the Monday night game because you're right about this, Drake. It's 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 one of those fantasy games where everybody's excited to play it. To 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 play this game or to, and to watch this game, but you really just kind of are more intrigued by the all 22 breakdown. Go listen to an actual NFL podcast, you know, to break this game down. Two things I do want to point out. Number one, Dak Prescott hasn't finished as a QB one uh, at all this year. Mm. This is probably not a spot where I'm starting him against this, this 49er defense. Um, so maybe he's the one I'll, I'm starting CD lamb. You have to start CD lamb, but I'm not starting yeah. Dak Prescott. The player I want to highlight here. Not that anybody's benching him, but I particularly like the matchup. Our Ryan Heath uncovered this bit of trivia. In games in which a player is active this year, no receiver has a higher market share of his team's receiving yards than Brandon Ayuk. 45.1%. Justin Justin Jefferson's at 44.7%. Overall, the Cowboys cornerback Deron Bland has played well, uh, filling in for Trevon Diggs. He's allowed just a 38.8 passer rating when targeted. It's fifth best among qualified corners. But he's also a better slot corner than an outside corner. And the Cowboys have gone utterly unchallenged so far this year. Obviously, they've played the Giants, the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Patriots offenses. I mean, probably four of the bottom 10 offenses in the NFL. Ayuk lines up 67% of the time on the left side of the formation or in the slot, and that's where he'll see Deron Bland. I think this is a huge test for Bland, a bigger test than it is for Ayuk. That's a great, great nugget. And you know, Ryan Heath's a great young writer out there in fantasy. Make sure you guys are going out and follow him. Get on fantasypoints.com, read all his amazing work. Uh, you know, th- it, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, I can't wait to just crack a beer Sunday night and sit back yeah. and watch it. There's, oh, there's no I'm, fantasy. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. You know. There's no, uh, you know, breakdown you need from us on that one. Uh, Green Bay on Monday night, they're going to go to the desert to play the Raiders. Uh, Raiders one point favorites in this one. You know, kind of the Packers 
I want to see what we can get from Aaron Jones. He's had this hamstring issue. He's really played one good game all season. And I want to see what we can get out of him. Uh, you know, maybe a little bounce back from this Green Bay offense. Christian Watson, let's get healthy, take another step forward. He kind of return form he? here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great get-well defense against this Raiders secondary. That's for Daniel. No doubt about it. Um, I think the Packers' offensive line is getting as healthy as it maybe can be. I think John Runyon's still dinged up, and obviously Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari should retire. He, he's out for the season. Yeah. Elton Jenkins, Zach Tom, uh, I think, are back at practice. So the Packers' offensive line should be relatively healthy. They need Aaron Jones and Christian Watson to play bigger roles because those are their explosive players. Um, but I also think Romeo Dobbs is a good wide receiver three. Um, he's had a good rapport with Jordan Love so far. And, you know, the Aiden O'Connell experience probably ends this week. Jimmy G can return from the protocol. Uh, that'll help Devontae Adams. He, you know, he had a little shoulder issue but returned to the game. Really going to help Jacoby Myers. Now, if you want to buy a low candidate for the weekend, for me, it's always Jacoby Myers because they throw to two guys in this offense, right? And great nugget from my guy, the grinder, Tom Brawley. 22 targets through his uh, the first two games here with uh, Jacoby Myers. 31% target share in those two games with Jimmy G. That's incredible, okay? Go out and buy Jacoby Myers low before the weekend. Tell him your boy Drake sent you. You'll love it. Uh and then Josh Jacobs, you know, he's getting the work. Just not much is happening out here. It's just kind of is what he is. I don't know. He just, the line stinks. The offense stinks. Yeah. I, I think Jimmy G, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, at least he'll throw the ball to the guys we want him to throw it to. Right. J Josh Jacobs is starting to get going a little bit. He got going in the passing game uh, last week, um, but he he'll be all right. Eventually. Um, I love this Raiders offense. It's like a mini version of the Vikings. Like they throw it to their good players. It's a mini version of the Eagles. It's a bad version of those teams. They they throw it to their good players. It's a bad offense, but they throw it to their good players. Yeah. A week ago, Montgomery got the Packers for 121 and three touchdowns. So, yep. hey, who knows? Maybe Josh Jacobs has a massive week on Monday Not like night. you're sitting them. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Joe, this was an awesome show. Glad we could get everybody together. Hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing here on the Two Point Stance and all the other great shows across the Fantasy Points Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed to that podcast feed. You're over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy points. There is so much content. Get on the website. Like Joe said, you're getting 25% off already. We'll give you another 25% off with code GURIFIC25. There's never been a better time to get in at fantasypoints.com and kick your league mates asses. All right. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to cash checks and hoist trophies. And there's no better team in the business to help you do it than the boys over at fantasypoints.com. Joe, enjoy your weekend of Phillies watching and Evan Williams drinking. And uh, we'll be back next week. I, I am looking forward to it. Um, I want to thank the baseball gods for uh, giving me perfect scheduling. 6 p.m. on a Penn State bye week Saturday. Oh. And Monday, 6 p.m., where the game should be wrapping up um, basically by the end of the first quarter of the of the Monday night football game. Man, that's about as perfect as it gets for me. Yeah, I don't have to worry about any conflicts with my Yankees this weekend. So, uh, yeah, nope, I'll be nope, sitting nope. back myself. <laughs> All right, everybody. For, for you, the conflict for Yankee fans is with the Yankees themselves. Uh, yeah. uh, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, from what I understand. That's an, 
we'll, we'll, that'd be another podcast for the offseason. So, right. For Dolan, I'm Drake. We'll see you guys next time. On the Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Oh,